This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another pre-season special uh, we are going through uh, the casting routines of different eras of Survivor and how it has changed and how uh, it is still the same. Last week, we had Jervis Peterson from season one. And uh, this week, we have a, another Blood versus Water contestant, but was also on season two, winner of season two, Tina Wesson. Tina, how's it going? Hey, Tyson. I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> good. Good to hear your voice. I actually have, we've texted a little bit back and forth. I have not heard, I don't know that I've heard your voice since uh, all the Blood versus Water stuff. I don't think so. I know on social media. <laughs> You've missed it, haven't you? I have. I sure have. <laughs> I bet you have, this little old country redneck. <laughs> how, how you doing? I'm doing so good. So good. 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 Uh, well, we're here with my co-host, Riley McAtee. He covers the NFL, but he's also a Survivor super fan. Wow, the NFL? Yeah, National Football yeah. League. NFL Survivor. Whoa. that's We must rate pretty high up there. America's two most popular sports, at least in my heart. <laughs> Thank you. Probably who are you cheering for this Sunday? Ooh, I don't have a strong rooting interest. I guess I'm pulling for the Chiefs a little bit. Uh, oh, wow. Knowing that I'm an Eagles guy? Yeah. Yeah. You're wow. Lifelong Eagles fan, Tyson. Over here. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They both won Super Bowls recently. So I feel like the stakes aren't as high as it's been. Like last year's Super Bowl was was a little felt a little bit more dramatic. Well, maybe you and Tyson need to put a little money on the line since I see a little rival going on here. <laughs> Riley? Uh, <laughs> Name the amount. Think, okay, we, well, uh, we can discuss it offline. I don't think sports gambling is legal in my state. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, then hypothetically, how much would you want to put on the on the line here? We should, we should bet our uh, Twitter profile pictures. Yes, I was going to say what's more fun is betting something humiliating. That's much more fun than money. Yeah, yeah. but Tina, you also have to uh, take into account the value of those profile pictures. Like, <laughs> I have way more at risk than what Riley would be risking for that uh, same. Of course, I probably will go harder on his profile pic than he would on me. He'd be a little 
probably a, a, a little kinder. Uh, we'll figure it out. But this is not about that. This is about casting and how people get on the show, how fan favorites have navigated the casting process to end up on America's uh, favorite reality TV show. And like I said, we talked to Jervis last week and to him, it was the complete unknown. Like he had a flyer sent from his brother, downloaded from the internet that said like, uh, you want to be deserted on an island with strangers. We're doing this new show. Like they had, they didn't know what to expect at all. You are season two. Season one was a huge hit. We're talking what? I think 40, 50 million viewers an episode by the end of the season. And at what point did you did you apply for the show? Did you watch season one? What was your drive to even try to get on the show? I did watch season one. Okay. And actually, I was interviewing on the night that Richard Hatch won. So okay. I watched the show, but I've never, Tyson, I've never been on television, don't have anything about, know anything about that world. I'm a little bit shy. I, I never wanted to be in front of people doing things. Like I never tried out for cheerleader or anything like that. Um, always into sports. But even with that, I had a little bit of performance anxiety, you know, just being in front of people. Okay. So, so for me, we were just, my husband and I were watching the show and he's like, Tina, that show is so you. You should try out. And I didn't even know what tryout meant. You know, I mean, I don't, I didn't know what to expect or what to do. Uh, at the end, it said, uh, if you want to be on the show, print out this form and send in a video. So I just kind of just started going through the process. So what, what point was this? So you're watching season one. You said yeah. you interviewed on the night that Richard Hatch won. Yes. Which means that you applied earlier in your viewing experience of season one. A little bit, not much, because I actually sent in my take on the last day that it could be sent in. Okay. So everything happened really kind of quickly with me. So you so you see this thing that's like, if you want to try out, go to the website, download the form, print it out. I'm assuming there's more instructions, like make a tape or something like that. Or what was what was the whole process there? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of exactly what happened. Was uh, we read through what we were supposed to do, and uh, <laughs> it was kind of cute because, like I said, it was the very last day that I could submit my form and my video. And so my husband had been at work, and he came home from work, and you know that was back when you had the big VHS cameras. Yeah. Did you have one, or did you have to borrow one? And no, we actually had one. Okay, but. Didn't even really have a plan. We were just kind of shooting from the hip at what to do. And he was really the one that was saying, okay, well, let's do this and let's do that. Uh, so everything was his idea. And we had an extension cord because we were filming this out in my driveway and in my backyard. And so we had an extension cord from the house, plugged into the camera, reached out across the driveway and coming up with the idea for the video. So we, Made a great video. I got to say, I love. What was the video? So I pull up on my motorcycle in the driveway, okay. and I think the tag on my motorcycle said "Having Fun," H A V N F U N, 
And I get off my motorcycle and I say, hi, I'm Tina Wesson, 40 years old, but don't hold that against me. I just took the Oprah Real Age Test and I'm really just 29. But I said, I do have all the survival skills needed to win the show. I said, come on, I'll show you. And the camera goes blank. And when it comes back on, I'm up in a tree in my backyard and we had put a trampoline underneath the tree, but you couldn't see it. You just saw me way up in the tree. And I said, so one of the important skills is you have to be agile enough to get in the tree canopy to get the precious fruit. And as I'm talking and reaching out, I fall out of the tree and I'm falling and screaming, but you don't see me land or anything. You just hear me falling and screaming. So the camera goes blank and it comes back up and I've got my arm in a cast or in a sling. And I said, the next skill that you have to have is you have to know like the proper bedding. You have to have the canopy to protect you from the elements and you need a soft bedding. And it's showing me getting in a sleeping bag underneath some deep forest. And as I'm doing that, my kids say, mom, you're laying in poison ivy. And I'm like, ah, camera goes blank. It comes back on. I've got red dots all over me, my arms in a sling, and uh, I'm on a mountain bike. And I've got a life is good hat on and I pull up and I said, well, as I've demonstrated, not so well, I am the ultimate survivor with all the skills, but no matter what, remember life is good and play hard. And I rode off. So I think that was creative enough at the time to get the producer's attention, you know, because especially for my age demographic, because as you know, I'm not up against all the people. I'm just kind of up against my genre. So, you know, that soccer mom genre might not have had as many. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting because we haven't really talked about that before because Jervis did say the first season was 8,000 people total auditioned for the show, but you're not against all 8,000. Jervis also talked about that when he went through casting, he kind of like picked uh, the guy or a couple guys he was probably in contention with for a spot on the show. And you bring up that point again is that you're not necessarily if even if 50,000 people, 100,000, 200,000 people apply, they have this spot that needs to be filled. And maybe 10 percent of the applicants are that, you know, so. You know, that 2030 age group, that demographic is, you know, that's the hard slot, you know, Mm -hmm. because all the pretty people and, you know, that would be a tough slot to be in. But I think maybe the older you are, it's a little bit easier, I think. Yeah, but there's there's, there's less older people on the show. So per capita, it might not like. 20 to 30s is like 70% of the show, right? So, well, now, but may- maybe not in season two as much. Yeah, I don't know. How, season two, season two, how many people were over 30? Mad Dog, Roger. So there's, uh, and then Keith. So there were uh, five of us. Yeah, a quarter of the cast. Yep. So, maybe okay. Somewhat typical. Yeah. So you make this video, you send yep. it in. You fell in love with the show from watching it or you're, were you in love with the show? Like when you watched it, did you enjoy the show or was your husband just like, you'd be good at this, do it? No, I, I really, really enjoyed watching it. And Tyson, I love free. I love free everything. Free show, soaps at the hotel. And oh, do you camp- pack those in your suitcase and stuff on your way out? I, I just love free. And to okay. me, this is what I'm thinking. These. Even though it was hard and it looked challenging, 
I'm still thinking like most everybody else. It's CBS. They're going to give you an apple, an orange. They're not really going to let you starve. And it's a free camping trip to Australia. Did they tell you it was Australia? Did you know it was Australia at this time? You know, I don't remember. I don't remember if I knew going... When they were advertising, when they were advertising to go through casting, did they say it was going to be in Australia or no? I don't remember. Okay. It's been, been too long. I've got an old brain. So I, I, but for some reason, I'm thinking that they did because I'm thinking free camping trip to Australia. Okay. Maybe I did somehow know that. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting because when I went through casting, they hid where you were going as much as they could, even to the point where we had to fill out like seven different uh, visa applicant forms. Oh, wow. So they were like, here, fill all these out. It's somewhere in here, but we're not telling you where. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so that's interesting. But it's like early season. I think Jervis, did Jervis also know where he was going pretty early, Riley? Do, do I remember that correctly? No, he, he was saying that he knew it was somewhere tropical, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. He knew it was somewhere tropical. So you send this tape in, Tina, mm -hmm. and what are you feeling at this point? Are you like, oh, they're definitely going to, or are you just hopeful, fingers crossed? I, I never really even imagined that they would call me <laughs> because, I don't know, I always say I'm extraordinarily ordinary. And I don't know, I just, I I couldn't imagine it. So I didn't at that point, I didn't really let myself get excited, mm -hmm. but very goal oriented. So that became kind of my goal. I'm like, okay, if I could just make it to that two week interview process in LA, mm -hmm. that'd be good for me. That because it's free two weeks in LA. And did you know, so you knew it was going to be a two week, like you knew about the, the whole casting process, like you had, did they advertise that or did you just learn about that from the season one stories and stuff like that? I don't know. Maybe I knew about it. Uh, I don't know if it was in all the material that they sent me at the very beginning or if it, whenever I got the call that said that they wanted me to come to the second phase of it. Maybe Yeah, that could be. All I know is that's what that became my goal was, okay, I'm going the two free weeks in LA. <laughs> okay, that's good. So you, so you send in your tape yep. and then you get a phone call. Uh, like how much later you, is that, is that the next, is that the next step in the interaction with Survivor is the phone call after you send in the tape? Yeah, that was mine. Weeks, months, years? No, no, just not long, not long. Okay. Um, maybe a couple weeks. Okay. And they said that they needed me to come to Philadelphia. Okay, interesting. That's what they did with Jervis too, Philadelphia. So that you go in and they had like a producer there, but they narrowed it down without shipping you to LA first. Yes, uh, they. it was, uh, a, I think there were like three people in the room, uh, two people at the table and then a camera guy. Okay. And they just sat there and just bombarded me with questions. VIPs like producers on the show or in casting or you or the casting. So like people in casting was Lynn Spillman part of it at that time? Not in Philadelphia. Okay. I, I don't remember the girl's name, but she's the one that I think they get um, little kickbacks. If whoever wins the casting person who cast you gets a kickback. Is that correct? It's who it's if you get cast on the show. Right. 
if so, I don't think it's if you win. I think if if the casting person that discovered you or helped to get you on the show or kind of pushed you or whatever, I think they get a kickback if you actually do get casted on the show. Oh, so it doesn't have where you play. There? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they get a bonus just for placing people on the show. Okay. So right. is is my understanding. So the same woman that called you initially was she in Philadelphia? Was that one of the people in Philadelphia? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. So, so you get the call. We got to take you out to Philadelphia. You can do an interview there. How much time? Like it with, within a week or like a handful of weeks you're going to Philly when? Yeah, it seems like it's very short. Like maybe okay. a week. And how long are you in Philly for? Uh, just overnight. They book your flight for you or did you book a flight, get reimbursed? Oh, I think we, we might have driven there. Oh, interesting. How long is that drive? I don't know that either. Cousin, this is 22 <laughs> years ago. My God, I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. Okay? We're just trying to get as much as we can. If you don't know, that's fine. But so, so you go to Philly. Yep, yep. And other people there, do you see other, contest, uh, other potential contestants? Yes, uh, there was like a waiting room kind of area. Okay. And even outside, because I don't remember where where we were, if it was a hotel or if it was a seems like it was maybe an office building, like a CBS uh, Philly affiliate or something, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but even outside, because I don't like being inside, so um, my husband and I would just kind of hang out outside. Okay. And I remember looking around, wondering, oh, I wonder if that person's going in. Oh, I wonder if that person, you know. So, yeah, you, you know, you're sizing up your competition even before you go in. How many people would you say were out there in Philly? Hundred, hundreds? Dozens? Oh, no. I only saw maybe a handful. But, okay. you know, we weren't, we weren't there all day. We just, we had a time slot that we okay. were supposed to up. So they could have been going all week in Philly with handfuls of people at a time. And we, you don't know. Okay. Interesting. So you... Drive to Philly. You're just there for this interview that I'm assuming takes a handful of minutes, or is it an hour? Or no, they went through two videotapes. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was at least an hour, if not longer. And what kind of questions were they asking you? Really interesting questions. That part I remember. One of the questions was they were tr getting involved, kind of politically. You know, asking political questions. Mm -hmm. They did a lot of scenario questions, like. So, Tina, let's say that uh, you've been stranded out in the desert or and you're filthy, dirty, and you stink, and your cast decides to go on a walkabout. And you go, and all of a sudden, you come up on this beautiful pond with this waterfall, and everybody's stripping off, getting naked, and jumping in the waterfall. Are you going to join them? And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> and, you know, like Tyson, I answered all the questions wrong. You know, okay. when people ask me about casting, what to do, I said, lie, 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 lie. Lie, <laughs> you're not supposed to lie. You're supposed to tell the truth. I know, but if, I mean, I'm, I, that's why I'm surprised they picked me. Because but you told I, the truth, right? So then getting on the show, you got on the show because you told the truth. But that was early. You can't get on the show now. I don't think and tell the truth. <laughs> I think you have to tell the truth because I think they figure out if you're trying to play a character. Well, 
maybe, but hopefully you'll get on before they figure it out. Oh, that's the hope. But uh, <laughs> that's why they ask all these weird questions. Because they were asking me like my my like sex life, like my sexual orientation, like what I believed religiously. Like they were asking me all that stuff. And I I think it's a test to see like how open you're willing to be Ooh. and all of those things. But like, but I think also your answer to the first question could if it could not fall in line with your answer to the third question and then they know that something's not right you know so if you're not willing to skinny dip with the group but you're willing to you know do something else questionable with the group in a certain then they're like oh okay so somewhere there's an inconsistency we're gonna have to explore that more ah see i never thought of it that way because you know now i just figured you know back then it was the only reality show so now there's such a competition and it seems like this last season i have to say i I really like this last season because it didn't seem like they had as many characters they Mm -hmm. seem to go back to that these are real people that people can relate to but i just outside of this last season i feel like they had gotten into that process of having more and more characters and that they needed people who were willing to do whatever and you know but i think that's i think that's the personality of those characters not always i mean rupert's not a pirate in real life sure but (laughs) but like i think for the most part like i would probably be considered a character on the show yeah but i don't think i'm far off of who they portrayed on the show correct correct but but you but see but they need people like you that's what i'm saying is you you bring out great television, you know? And you. so I don't know why they would ever have picked me, you know, because I really do not feel like I make for good TV and I'm not a character. So I don't know why they picked me. Desperate, I guess. Season two, they're just warming up. Well, no, they also, I mean, because there's, it's not just that. Like you said, there's the demographics. There's all of those things they need. They also need people to react to the characters in a positive or a negative way. Like they can't have all characters or else uh, probably be a world war out there on the (laughs) island. Like that's (laughs) as everyone's trying to jam their face in front of the camera. We need need a season of like 18 coaches running around. (laughs) Do we? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would watch it. <laughs> One season of it, and then, then be I, a too much. I think so too. Like a coach, Philip, Debbie. That list is always growing. Like yeah. the most wacky contestants, all on one season. I don't consider myself wacky. I'm happy to just watch that from home. <laughs> so okay, so you go to Philly, you go through that. Any inkling from them at that time as you're exiting or as you're leaving like oh you were great oh you're we're gonna see you at in like or are they just like cool we'll be in touch i think maybe not that i had an inkling but the fact that my interview was going so long that it just kept on and on and on that kind of made me think that wow this really went well you know and i don't know maybe i did get a little bit of a vibe that they did like me. And so, yeah, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with yes, Tyson. <laughs> okay. No, I, I like that. Okay. So, and your husband went, went up to Philly with you. You, you drove together. Was he allowed in the room or he had to wait outside? Had to wait outside. So it was just you with the camera guys and the casting people. So you leave, uh, you 
drive back home, and then what's the next communication you have with casting? Okay. Well, so I am at now you asked earlier if I was like getting excited or what I was thinking. So after that interview, it's full on. I mean, I go into full blown. I'm doing, I'm doing this. Tina, anxious, excited. Oh my gosh. You know, and I was the kid when I was little that you don't tell me that we're going to the circus until I'm strapped in my car seat because I get really, really excited about stuff and I can't hardly stand myself. So that's kind of how I was after that. I mean, I couldn't sleep. I thought about it 24-7. Do you listen to Christmas music in October? And uh, No. Okay. No. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> okay. Okay. Valentine's Day, though, that's another thing. <laughs> okay. That's coming up next week. So... Okay, so you're super hyped. Yes, yes. So excited. And I mean, it wasn't, again, I can't tell you how long, not very long at all, that I get the phone call that I made it to LA. Okay. At which point, I start running circles around my house, screaming outside my house, doing laps. After you hang up the phone? Yes. (laughs) And what was the conversation? Was it short? Was it just like, hey, you moved on to the next round, come out to LA? Or was it like... Was there any length to it at all? That's all I heard. That's I all made, you heard was you're going to LA. <laughs> yeah, and then I then I think my brain shut off, and I I was so happy and excited. Um, yeah, but then they said that they would send all the information to me that I needed, and and how did they send it? Did they send it via mail or email? Via mail at that time, because every right overnight at everything. They did have email, but I think that they sent hard copy of everything. Yeah, because I think even my first season which was 2009, everything was hard copy still. And they just overnighted first morning, every single thing. And then they gave me that FedEx number to send anything I needed to back to them also overnight using their FedEx number. I wish I would have saved that FedEx number to just ship stuff all over the world. (laughs) And there's so much. That's another thing that I'm sure you've talked about is the difference of how much paperwork. Nope, let's go over it. We didn't talk about that last time. Oh, oh my gosh. And maybe not at this process. So maybe we'll wait for that till we get to the next process. So you hadn't filled out the, you filled out the application online, which was probably like a couple pages. Yep. Yep. You sent in the video, a little more, five pages, 10 pages, something like that. They just have a questionnaire about your life. Yes. And you send in the tape, you go to the interview in Philly, you come back, then they say you're coming out to LA. At that point, I think, when in my experience is when they send you the 40 page document that's maybe not i don't remember now now that we're talking about it so so what are they sending you in this like they're sending you your flight information all that stuff yes and they're uh, telling me um what name that i'll check into the hotel oh yeah the alias yeah so i had some stripper name Wait, they I don't- give you a different name yes yeah I don't remember her name, but I later found out that she was a stripper. <laughs> it was a real person? <laughs> yes, a real stripper person. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I bet that was somebody in casting just trying to be funny. I guess so. <laughs> because I was... Yeah, do you remember your name? I do. I think they do that. <laughs> I remember both of them. <laughs> so the first one was Timothy Andrews. It was because that my initials TA, so they... Uh, 
in my experiences, it's always been a name ba- built around your initials. Ooh, okay. Timothy Andrews was my uh, name. And the reason they do that is because people at the hotel at this point kind of know what's going on. So they are, then they can look at the, you know, the guest books and stuff. So you check in under uh, an alias and you travel under an alias as much as you can. And you are supposed to respond to your alias, but I was really bad at that. Like they'd be like, Tim, Timothy, Tim, <laughs> Mr. Andrews, <laughs> Tim, <laughs> and Mr. Andrews. And I would not even blink. So then on uh, Winners at War, they said, we want to use the same alias you've always used in your Survivor career. Uh, can you tell us what it was? And I told them it was uh, T-Bone Alvarez. And I go. was <laughs> I was T-Bone Alvarez in uh, everything leading up to Winners at War. <laughs> Probably this is why I enjoyed Tyson being on his season so much, because it is such a miserable existence out there. But having Tyson and Jervis and Aris out there, oh, it was such a fun time because they kept you laughing 24-7. So you're partly, Tyson, why I say that that season was my favorite season, even more so than the first one, just because you made it fun, you know? Thank you. Yeah, we had fun out there. It was fun. <laughs> there were some fun moments for sure. Uh but let's get back to you, Tina. This isn't about me. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so you get this stuff. You're going to California. Quick turnaround again. You're going in a week, two weeks, something like that. Or are they waiting to get more people? What What's the turnaround? Yeah, they tell me, you know, it's going to be two weeks. And, but they don't, and they give me my alias and they tell me where I'm going. And I, maybe I'm, thinking that they even sent a card in my house to pick me up. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that they were sending a card to pick me up. So I was getting ready to go to the airport and this car pulls up in my driveway, this black sedan, you know, yeah, fancy, fancy car. And um, they're like, we're here to pick you up. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> so I'm like, wow, this is... Did you get in the car? I did get in the car. He looked official. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need to kidnap Tina Wesson is a fancy car. And you need a name tag. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting because that same guy, he owned the limo company. And you know, Knoxville's not that huge of a place anyway. But he ended up, every time CBS picked me up from then on... It was him. It was that same guy. So we ended up like being kind of friends. So that was that's interesting. Cause I uh same experience. I I didn't get picked up for the casting stuff, but once you go to the finales and they either fly out to New York or to LA or something, I've had the same driver in New York every time CBS has arranged them. And I think I think they arrange them the first time and then you go out and then somebody asks, Did you like your driver? And if you're like yes, then they just put it in their notes somewhere to give you the same driver every time. Oh, okay. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. 
But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So, so you get in the, in the car, they take you to the airport, Yep. get out in LA. You're still thinking what? I'm still thinking two, three weeks in LA, you know, like beach, be in LA, all that kind of stuff. And I get a packet of information whenever I get to my room. And I think it's at that point that I get the whole scoop of, oh, no, Tina, you're going to be sequestered to your room for two weeks. You can only come out for meals, psyche valves. Gym and pool. Did they give you the gym and pool? No pool, but gym for an Mm -hmm. hour a day. But the gym police is there making sure you don't speak to anyone. Yep. Uh, in the elevator, they said, if somebody gets on the elevator, you get off. So, if, and when you go down to meals, they say you can take a book, you know, don't be looking around or anything, just sit at your own table. Yep. So I'm like, wow, not exactly what I was expecting. And it was really, really boring, but so boring. It was awful. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's backtrack just a hair. You land in LA. Did they have a car to pick you up to take you? To the hotel. They did. Okay. You walk in the hotel. Is there someone there to greet you immediately? Immediately. And they know you. Do you know them? Is it the same person in Philly or is it someone different who's just like, Tina, I've seen your picture. Come with me. Uh, yeah. No, it was somebody who just grabbed. Knew who you were. Yeah. And took me in. And then gave you the packet, sends you to your room. Is that the Double Tree in Santa Monica? Yes. Okay. And then you, how long before they call you down for your first thing? Oh, gosh. That same first day or did they give you a day or two to... Because I went... I was only there for seven days, a full... At the time, it was cut down from like 10 or 14 days what it was for you. And I was only... And still, seven days was a very long time to be trapped in a hotel. Yeah. So you get in. What's what's the your first hurdle that you have to get through in, in this uh, hotel stay? Yeah, basically, it's just the boredom, you know, because I don't remember when my first 
interview was or do you remember who it was with like was it because my my experience was it was a the further along in the week that you had an interview the more important the people were sitting across from you that were doing the interviewing so at first i think i walked in the hotel it was lynn spillman and a camera guy then uh after that it was like some of the producers and then after that it was jeff probst and mark burnett with some of the producers and then after that, it was go to CBS and interview there. Okay. What I remember, and this does not mean that this is how it happens, but this is what my brain remembers. Okay. I remember doing all the little things like the psych evals. And and we had several days of those. Like Yes, th- that is three, true. Three, four days of those. And then mm-hmm. the physicals and or physical and uh, then I just remember an interview where they're saying, okay, uh, you've got an important interview today. And it was in a hotel room and mm-hmm. it was Probst and Mark Burnett sitting on a couch. Yeah. In like a suite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just kind of walked in and I'm like, you're Mark Burnett. <laughs> I, and I don't know. It's funny because when I had a baby, that's whenever the baby came out, I'm like, it's a baby. My mom's like, what do you think, a puppy? You know? <laughs> so I, I guess I had the same thing with Mark Burnett. You know, like, oh my gosh, you're Mark Burnett. And so that is, that that interview is the only one that I remember. I don't remember the progressing thing. I just remember okay. that one. And then the final one with you know, that you go to CBS studios. Yep. And um, <laughs> that's funny because I remember uh, Marilyn Mad Dog was on our season and yeah. she's a chain smoker. And I just remember go getting on the bus. She's smoking, smoking, smoking before we get on. And then as soon as we get off, she's trying to get a, her last puffs in before we go into the building. And I remember just looking around at the people that are on the bus, you know, and just thinking these might be the people. And I remember seeing Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Yeah. And, oh, just thinking she was just such a cutie pie, you know. Do you still think that? I do think she's so Okay. (laughs) (laughs) A couple things. So... Do you remember anything from your interview with Jeff Probst and Mark Burnett? Like anything that stands out? Anything that you, did it go well? I think, uh, well, I remember like kind of like what you were talking about, maybe asking more uh-huh. of the personal questions. Uh, I had gotten, I'd gotten divorced from my first husband and asking like some really personal questions yeah. about that situation and just mm-hmm. feeling a little awkward yeah. and I think, what does this have to do with being on the show kind of deal? So that's, I guess that's what I remember is that it just didn't seem like a, I mean, I know it was an interview, but it, it, it just seemed different than the first interview. I guess it was maybe more of getting to know you as a human instead of as who's going to be on the show. But I could see where, I guess, where they were coming from. You know, I guess if they're typecasting, okay, Tina is maybe a conservative politically and she's conservative in her religious beliefs or whatever. And so 
maybe they're just trying to find out exactly how I was in real life. Yeah, I always took it and I also am just assuming that they were just testing to see if you could be honest in uncomfortable situations. That's what I took it as when they were prying into like more personal stuff with me was, but again, I don't know, like uh, maybe they just like to make people uncomfortable and creep out on it. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Tina. (laughs) Well, I just didn't I wouldn't either. Okay. So yeah. Uh, So that happened and this whole week's going on or two weeks, you're going to the gym, you're going to breakfast, you're going, everybody was there or did they have you grouped up? Like were like when you, when you went to breakfast, how many other contestants would you see down there? Oh gosh. Um, you know, and, and it was kind of spread out a little uh-huh. bit. Um, so I'm going to guess maybe, maybe 10, 12. But were there more people, more contestants in the hotel besides those 10 or 12? Because when I went through, it was like three or four groups of like 10 to 12 people. And you stuck with your group in the movement all the way through. Like when you went to CBS, were there more or was it still just that 10 to 12? Hmm. Okay. So I know that they had like 50 people total. Okay. And I don't know if they told me that or how I knew that, but somehow I knew that. And then they were narrowing it down as the two weeks yeah. went, went by. So I knew that I made it to like the last 20, 25 people. Okay. So when you went to CBS, was it all the people still remaining from that 50-ish group that went to CBS with you? Because I, I feel like that's how my experience was. I think that we were broken up into these groups and you stuck with them the whole way through. There were a few times where you saw the entire group, like they put us in a conference room and we watched an entire season of Survivor one day, I think just out of like, we don't know what to do with these guys today. Let's just uh, pop in Micronesia and make them watch it from start to finish. And we did. Uh, But but other than that, we didn't have interaction outside of our group, except for when we went to CBS at the end and we were all in the waiting room waiting our turns to go talk to the executives at CBS. Yeah, no, I don't remember being in a group. And even being down with our meals, the only way that I knew someone might even might even be a contestant would be because they might have a book and kind of looking around and be by themselves. Yeah. So what made me even think it wasn't because, you know, I had, I knew they were part of the group or anything. It's just, I, it's just my own assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, so like with us, they were like, here's your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner time. Here's your gym time. And here's your pool time. And it was the same, like 10 to 12 people at every single one of those things. So you learned pretty quickly who was a potential contestant based on the fact that they were at all of those things with you. Oh, okay. So, okay. So you, so you're at the hotel, it's two weeks. So what else are you, do they let you out of the hotel at all? Are they just like, you're in your room unless you are doing, unless you're eating at your gym time or at an interview. Correct. And how many, do you remember how many times, like, were you looking forward to the interviews and did they happen like every couple of days? Do you remember any of that at all? It seemed, no, because it doesn't seem like I had hardly any interviews. It seemed like, like just a couple. Okay. And are you seeing people disappearing 
from the group at all, like throughout the week, like that got sent home? Is that, are you recognizing anything like that? No, because I, I don't really like, you know, like I said, I wasn't in a group, but somehow they must, somebody must have told me when Mm -hmm. whoever my handler was or whatever must have said something to me about it. Uh, Otherwise, I don't know how I would have known that the group was dwindling. Yeah. And did you have this handler or casting person where they in communication with you throughout the entire things? And they're like maybe giving you some like pointers and some little coaching here and there to type of deal. A little bit. uh, They would just say, okay, today you're meeting with Mark and Jeff. So, you know, it's, it's pretty important, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay. I had been bringing my B game prior to this. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Turn it on. You got to find it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So you go to CBS at the end of it all. I'm very excited about that too. We're on the bus. Uh huh. It's kind of, I kind of felt like I'm going to the principal's office, you know, but I don't know if it was a good thing or bad thing. And I just remember, you know, I don't have that feeling of, Oh, these are very important people. Yeah. You know, oh, this is, I didn't even know who president, who's the vice president. Was it Moonves at the time? No, he was the president. Oh, I don't know. I, it was whoever the vice president was who, I didn't know who Les Moonves was. I didn't know who any of them were when I went through. And I think that helped me because I didn't like, I went in and I was just like, yeah. You guys all work corporate jobs. This you guys are boring. Like that's was my take on it. All these corporate guys, they lost in life. They're going to work every day. <laughs> I know, uh, but you know, you you still have that feeling of they're judging you. You know, mm-hmm. you are you're the monkey on display today. You know. Yeah. And, Did you dance know. for them? Because that's I, what monkeys do. You know, I always come in as the dancing monkey. Get that. TV spot. I didn't feel, I, I probably did not come across as, um, as what they wanted. Did you feel that or you're just assuming that or like what, why do you say that? Oh gosh. I guess because, you know, there are some people who are like you and Colby, you all are so good at on the spot coming up with somebody says something and you can do a one line zinger right off the top of your head. And I just don't have that ability. So I guess I just kind of felt like, you know, they would ask me a question and, okay, I'd have to think about it for a minute. And, you know, I don't have a cute comeback to something that they asked me or anything like that. So I guess whenever I left, I didn't feel as if, you know, well, why would they want me, you know? What about me is going to stick out in all of this, you know? So I guess, but I wasn't disheartened, you yeah. know? I guess I didn't feel great about it, but I didn't feel bad about it. It's just like, okay, well, I answered their questions based on honesty, you know, how I really feel about things. And and maybe that was it. Maybe I felt like I, I didn't give them the answers that they wanted. But that was just your own feeling. I mean, they're pretty stuffy in that room. Like, I remember also going in and being like, this is a hard crowd, (laughs) hard crowd up here, upstairs at CBS. So when you were on the bus and when you were doing that, was 
everybody that ended up being on your season in that interview process with you there? Do you recall like on the bus or were there other inter- interview sessions that went on that other people were pulled from? Okay. I know that Keith was there because he brought some props. He brought like a frying pan and... Ooh, the old carrot top thing. Yeah. Did it, it worked, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. And I know Mad Dog was there. Okay. I know Elizabeth was there. Those are the only ones that I can, you know, clearly remember as being there. I don't remember Amber being there and some of the others. Um, and I also, I did bring some Tennessee taffy because we, Tennessee's kind of known for their mountain taffy. So I've I, never heard of this. Can okay. you tell us? I've, the thing Tennessee is known for, I've never heard of. What is mountain taffy? They're, maybe they're not known for it, but it's just a treat. If you go like to the Smoky Mountains, to like any of the shops, they've got like this saltwater taffy that's really good. Okay. So I bought some of that for this last interview. And I told him, I said, this is not a bribe. This is just my mama always told me that whenever I'm invited somewhere to bring a treat. So this is the treats that I'm bringing for this invitation. So I did do that. Okay. And uh, did they like that? Did they eat that? No, they did not. Yeah. Just thank me. And that was that. (laughs) Okay. They're they're so serious. And whoever, and Les was uh, not as hard as whoever this other vice president guy was. He was just stone cold Austin. I mean, nothing. And I just felt pretty awkward trying to communicate with him. Les was a more. Mark was pretty easy. So when I went through, the only person I knew was Jeff Probst. I didn't know what Mark looked like. I didn't even know who Mark was. I didn't know he was the creator. That like I didn't. My my parents, my dad encouraged me to try out, and I hadn't seen the show at all. Oh my and, god! Yeah. So I go in like totally not knowing anything about anybody or anything, and I still I do remember that last interview. There was some lady that worked at CBS that just kept telling me how much she disliked me. Just like over and over again. She was like, I really dislike you. I don't want you on this show. And I was like, ah, give it a day. You'll warm up. And she's like, in a day, I'll probably hate you more. I was like, <laughs> a week tops. And she's like, in a week, I'm really going to dislike you. And I was like, if it takes longer than two weeks, I'll be crazy. And she's like, why? And I was like, because most old ladies love me. She was like 35 and I was 28. So she's, <laughs> but the whole room goes, the whole room goes, oh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, that might have sealed the deal. Do you for know me. who it was? I don't. I, to this day, I don't I have no idea who it was. Or there were like thirty people in that room when I. Oh went my in. gosh! All in suits or suit pants, one uh, pants suits, one of the two. There oh. was it was filled with was suits. It cat people? And no, it was all CBS people. Wow. Yeah, I. To, that's what I understand. I mean, Lynn was in there. Um, I think Mark was in there. I don't think Jeff was in there, but he might have been. But it was just like rows of people sitting with me. And they actually told me to change my shirt because I had like a really deep V on. And they were like, "Eh, it might be a little too much for them. Can you put on something else? So I remember running back to my room. Like before you went in the room? As I was exiting the hotel, they were like, "Uh, CBS isn't going to like that. It shows too much skin. So I ran back and put a David Bowie shirt on. (laughs) Wow, that's interesting. That's so interesting that it's such a big thing. 
experience. Yeah. yeah. So you go through this. How many people were in the room for you? Uh, just like four. And how long was that interview? Long? Mm-mm. Quick? Pretty Maybe quick? Maybe 20, 30 minutes. Did you go by yourself into that meeting? Into the interview, yeah. So we they had like a waiting cafeteria, like lunch area room where like everybody who works at CBS, it's like the, the cafeteria there. So they took us through the line there to get our food. And then they took us to a place like a holding room. And then one by one, we'd go up to the interview. And I think we just went back to the waiting room when we were done. Or maybe they like took us back to the hotel one by one. I don't remember now. One thing too that I remember is the one before that one, the one that it was just with Mark and Jeff. Yeah. It was at like 1.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. They kept, oh, it's going to be nine o'clock tonight. Oh, that was on purpose. They were testing it, it, right? And it finally happened at like 1.30 and I was sleeping. (laughs) I was like, you know, well, they'll call me and wake me up if it's going to happen or whatever. So it was just really, really late. Do you think it was a test? No, I think that probably maybe they had meetings all day or whatever, and they were just trying to fit this into their normal schedule. They knew it something that they had to do and trying to get all the people in. You are very, you have a very forgiving mind because uh, the whole, I would have been like, they're testing me. I'm going to test them back. Why are they testing me like this? Okay, I can get them back. How do I get them back? If they're going to get me like this, I'm going to have to figure out a way. Oh. Like, uh, that's exactly where my brain would go immediately. Okay, no, I didn't think of it that way at all. <laughs> okay. So you do this whole week. Yep. Uh, you did your psyche eval. You, you did, you met with a, the psychologist there. You did your, you met with the doctor. You got your physical. Did they give you shots for wherever you were going? Or you knew at this time you're going to Australia? Okay. So uh, it happened afterwards, which is interesting too. I love, because I almost majored in psychology in, in school. I love, okay. I love taking tests, psychology tests. And I love that whole process. And then that meeting with, with the psychologist mm-hmm. and him sitting down. And he, I mean, you talk it, I don't know about you, but I mean, they nailed me. They, it's like they opened up my brain and told me exactly who I was, you know. And they said, Tina, you're a silent, my label was a silent rebel. Okay. And they gave examples of that. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like they said, oh, you'll get, you're the type that would get a tattoo, but would get it where no one would ever see it. I'm like, how did you know that? <laughs> you know, I mean, just all these little things and innuendos that answering those questions, a professional could really nail down exactly who you are. Did they do that with, did you feel the same way? I think they did, but I think I did more of the talking. Yeah. I think uh, we went in the psyche eval and I was like, I'll take it from here. Uh, is is my recollection, but I remember having fun with the psycho as a psychologist. It was a it was a stand in for Liza. Liza wasn't there. Uh, I had a guy named uh, Doctor Jeff Schnell, and he was awesome. Still a friend to this day. But I remember we just laughed in the room for a while. Do you see him regularly? <laughs> as a friend, not as a doctor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but either way is fine. He if I if I had questions or needed help, he would definitely help me. He didn't give you like a title or didn't tell you what your evaluation told you about you? He wrote notes on the back of the evaluation and he wouldn't show me the notes. 
And I was like, show me the notes. Show me what you're writing about me. I know you're right. I can tell you're writing something. You're doing it in front of me. Like, let me see. And he's like, no. And I was like, well, at least put on there that I'm very handsome. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And I was like, right now, write it on there like right now. And he's like, okay. And I was like, no, you're not writing right now. Like flip it over. I've, I'm watching you write, take notes on me the whole time. Just put in there that I'm handsome. <laughs> and he did. He did finally do that. Oh my. So your label was probably not the silent rebel. You might have gotten the very loud rebel. <laughs> or or likes to likes to follow the rules but pretend like he won't. <laughs> uh so yeah, so you go so at this point you're all done. You're all done after the CBS thing, they send you home. Well, they sent me to my room. Okay. Do you talk with your casting person at this point before you leave? I maybe they might have they might have talked to me at some point and just asked what I thought about how it went. Okay. But then yeah, the next day they called and said, "Okay, we're sending everybody home and we will let you know whether or not you made it." Cuz at this point we're down like I said to the last 20 or 25 people. Yeah. And so get on a plane, go home. And, and it's maybe just a few days. And what are you feeling in these few days? Oh, just insanity. You know, okay. I'm, I'm planning my strategy. I'm thinking about being out there. It's just 24 seven in my brain. I cannot. Are you thinking you're going to get selected at this point then? Or are yeah. you still like, I hope I get selected. I'm, I'm not thinking I will, but I'm like, whereas Planning for before, if you, do you know, my goal was just to make it to LA. But of course, once I got there, I needed a new goal. So of mm-hmm. course, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please let me on. You know, I'm just, oh, I'm just, I want it so badly. I want it so, so badly. Um, and so, yeah, they call me and say, ah, oh, got some bad news. Uh, there was a girl from the Midwest that the execs liked better. And so they're going with her. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's like major, major letdown. Yeah. There's not room for two that you didn't say that? They did not say that. (laughs) They did not say I was an alternate. They just said I didn't make it. Okay. And, um, oh, I I was disappointed, but... Did you cry? Were there tears or no? And I'm one of those two that I believe that things happen for a reason. So I'm like, okay, well, there must not there must be a reason behind it, and I'm not supposed to be there. And so my husband, who is just always such an encourager, he's like, Tina, there is no way that they are not picking you for this show. They'll call you back. And I'm like, honey, why would they call and tell me I didn't make it, only to call me back and tell me that I did? And he said, they'll call you back. And he just had all this confidence in me. You know, it was so, so sweet. And so every day he would, you know, come home from work. Did they call you today? And I'm like, no. And you're just like picking this scab. You know, I think <laughs> talk about it more, just like this scab heal a little. Oh, what a genius he must have felt like. I know. Okay. I know. So, yeah, it, it took maybe, gosh, it wasn't long. It was maybe five, six days, they call me back and they said that originally that the contestants were slotted to skydive into Australia and 
the girl had some reservations about skydiving and she had two small children and she had some, you know, said, well, let me think about it. And Mark Burnett apparently said, call Tina. I don't want anybody who has to think about anything. So that's how I got on the show. Wow. But so at this point, you weren't an alternate. You, they were like, you're on the show. Yeah. yeah. And your husband was like, I'm the smartest man alive. What, like, what was his gloating like at that point? Oh, no, he was just so happy. He was so, okay. so happy for me. And, <laughs> oh, gosh, that was, I've got to say, that moment in my life, besides having uh-huh. children, that was the most excited I've ever been in my whole entire life. Well, what, what did that entail? So they call you, they're like, you're on, the other lady is not, uh, that you ran around your house screaming oh. when they, the first call. So what are you doing this time? Oh yes. I went berserko, berserk. <laughs> they're like, okay. my neighbors are probably no telling what they were thinking. <laughs> I love it. Did you ever, cause I've had people recently since we've been doing these podcasts reach out to me that went through casting with me but didn't get selected for the show do you, do you know who this woman is have you ever had has she ever reached out and been like you took my spot i nope. wasn't sure i could do nobody nope. maybe after this you will uh, well, if you're out there woman from the midwest who has two adult children now <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and was afraid of skydiving yeah. in australia where are you yeah. which they didn't even do yeah they did go, like some of the people did go to skydiving school, like right after that interview process, because they uh-huh. were, apparently they knew that they wanted these people like Kobe. He went to skydiving school, maybe even Amber. I think she might have got, had to go to school. I don't know. Is it the most schooling that Colby's ever done, do you think? <laughs> Not dissing on my boy. <laughs> 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 JK, it was just too good to not say. Uh, so, okay, uh, that's interesting. Uh, what do you think, if you could narrow it down to one or two interactions that you had with all of these people throughout the casting process, was the one thing or the couple things that you can pinpoint and say, like, this is the moment where what I did here made the difference. The answer I gave here made the difference. Do you have any moments like that where you're just like, I nailed it out of the park on this one thing? No, I don't think it was anything that I said. I think it was probably... Um, the full package? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the dialect. You know, I think okay. maybe the fact that I'm from the South and I don't remember anybody else being from the South on our on our season. So maybe that was the little something that was the clincher. I don't know. I, you know me, Tyson. I mean, there's, this is me. This is, this is it. Well, I just remember for me, I failed miserably in some of the interviews. The interactions went very poorly. They were very hard on me. And then I also remember just like that moment with that one lady at CBS where I just like really crushed it. <laughs> and so that I had a few moments like that, but I also had lots of moments where I was like, that went bad. They did not appreciate me in that room. Oh, well, see, that's the joy because you, you were auditioning, you know, I mean, you were d- truly doing an audition. I wasn't auditioning. I was just being interviewed. Does that make sense? Because I don't, I I don't know how to 
do or be anything other than just plain on me, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was doing that same thing too, but I was also like, they're testing me and I, I need to test them back or I'm just going to like be left behind here. Right. And for, for your thought, because you were younger and your competition was a whole lot stiffer than mine was as well. And I don't think that they're looking for this soccer mom to be a character. You know, I think they're maybe they're just looking for the, you know, who's going to, they're going to be empathetic or they're going to be, you know, a certain way. So maybe, right. you know, luckily that was my role and I didn't have to have to perform. <laughs> yeah. No, one interview, they all, the whole room just looked at their phones the whole time. They'd ask me a question and they'd all go back to their phones and I'd answer and nobody would respond. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) And I stood up after a while. I said, I am in this room. You know where to find me if you need me. You can call me or you can show up at the room. Either way, I don't care. But it seems like you're not interested in what I have to say. And I stood up, went over to their craft services table, scooped as big a handful as I could of all the snacks (laughs) and left the room. Oh gosh! <laughs> and Lynn called me as soon as I walked in the room. My phone was ringing. I walked in. I answered. It was Lynn, and she was like, "That was incredible. They can't stop talking about that. The fact that you like told them that you were done because they weren't listening, and then you took all of their snacks. Those aren't even for the contestants." I was like, "I know, but they looked good, and I don't have anything <laughs> in my room. Like I took like four cans of soda, and I like." five bags of chips all the candy i could handle and just left uh but uh oh you knew you knew that this was a test and that they were just seeing how you were going to react well and part of it too was like i i didn't know i i didn't know the show like i didn't watch the show nothing my dad was like you'd be great on this you should try out but i i lived in europe for the bulk of the time it was on the air from the start to like the point i went into casting and so I wasn't even around like the fever of Survivor or anything. I knew my parents watched it, but that was about it. And so when I went there, like for me, it was like uh, I had nothing to lose. I didn't care. And I treated it kind of like a big joke. And I think they knew that I was treating it like a joke. And they were trying to test me to be like, this isn't a joke. This is like what this is art that we create. Like you need to take it more serious. And I was like, no. You need to take it less serious. And uh, so it was like a little pushback, I think. Oh, my gosh. And so you think that with everybody who came in to that? I think that they cater their interview to your personality, what they think your personality is, what you tell them your personality is, and then see if what you're telling them matches up with like who you're telling them you are has to match up with who you really are. And I think their interview style can sometimes determine that. So I came in, Jeff, like immediately was like, can you in one sentence tell us like who you are as a person? And I said, okay, I feel like I'm better at almost everything than almost everybody. And Jeff's like, oh, okay, we get you. That's uh, very bold. And I was like, and I know you shouldn't say that out loud. Like, I'm self-aware enough to know that that should only reside in my brain all the time. (laughs) But you asked, so I'm telling you. And so then I think at that point, they were like, let's test to see if this kid really, really is that or if he's putting on a show. 
Wow. And I think uh, like if I was putting on more of a show, I think they would have found that out because I wouldn't have been bold enough to just walk out of an interview where they weren't paying attention to me and things like that. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. And what season was this? This was season 18. Season 18. 2009. When, do you remember when Jeff became a producer? What season? It, it was before that, for sure. I think it was before that. Uh, but it was kind of in that moment where Jeff was like trying to step away from the show a little bit and to kind of was like, ah, oh, this thing's played out. I want to kind of like, like after All Stars, I think there was a like a window where he was like, on to the next thing. What is next in my career? Doing a trying to do a talk show, trying to do this and that. And so I think that if he wasn't producer, it was pretty soon after. Because I think Heroes versus Villains is kind of when he started like really being into the show again. Okay. Uh, and I asked that because I was wondering if, you know, by that time, you know, Survivor is having so much more competition. And so I guess the pressure was really, really on to have, you know, just an incredible cast. And so the process might have been a whole lot more entailed. And Well, I think it's I think it's it was different, too, because your season two, you won the show for being kind and being likable and being nice to everybody. And that was what the audience also wanted to see. They didn't like the devious. They didn't like the over strategizers. They didn't like, you know, the sneaky, uh, this and that. And I think that morphed over time. And with that, probably the casting process also morphed and the way the show was edited also, like all of that uh, is, and it's still morphing, you know, and it's based on a lot of things. It's based on what makes good TV, what's going to draw in the biggest audience, how the audience is going to react to this stuff. Like that's always the balance they're having to find. And I think at that time it was like, Tina's going to be a hit. She's lovable. She has a great accent. People love the, that Southern accent. Like there's like that's. And then by the time I went through, they were like, we need to find some outlandish characters that people are going to either love or absolutely hate. And we got to have those people because that is those polarizing figures. And so I think, yeah, I think and, it, and it's still morphing to this day and it's going to always continue to morph into something as the audience reacts to certain things. OK, that makes that makes total sense, total sense. And I think that, that even after our season was over, there was something in Vegas that they did and they were polling people about, you know, what they liked or didn't like about Survivor. Did they like that we were starving that long? Did did people think that they should give us more food? You know, so they were really trying to find what the demographic was and what was it that people wanted to see and didn't want to see. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And I, I think with social media now, it's pretty open as to what people want and don't want. So I think they probably react a little bit to that. But uh yeah. And that's why it's interesting. That's why we're doing these is because casting is also changing with how the show is changing. And so it's like they all have to keep up with each, with each other to produce what we're seeing on TV every season. Yeah. So, uh, Tina, thank you so much for being here and for your uh, casting story. It was really interesting to hear uh, season two uh, casting. Riley, do you have any uh, any questions for Tina before we say our goodbyes? 
No, I don't think I have anything else to add. Uh, a lot. It's great to hear this story, though. <laughs> What's that? You got nothing for me, really? Uh, nah, he just let loves me to give listen. It some <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like I don't have the most to add to to these pods specifically because you, you two have both been through the casting process. It's a total mystery to me. You know, we don't get any of this on TV or whatnot, but it's fascinating stuff. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Riley. It is fascinating. You can follow Tina on Instagram. She plays a little pickleball and uh, also is out in nature. <laughs> I played my second tournament ever and I got third. So I want us to play. Okay. I'll uh, I'll be traveling around a little bit. Okay. I'll let you know when I'm in the area or you let me know when you're out this way. Okay. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Uh, everyone, Tina Wesson, and uh, we will be back next week with another guest, another casting story from another era. Uh, until then, thanks for listening. Bye. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.